Hello, and welcome to episode 153 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. I am Anthony Malakian, and I am joined by James Rundle. Hello. And also on the show today, we have a great guest for you all to listen to, uh, Lars Artisgard, the head of market technology at NASDAQ. Lars, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, Maybe before we get going, we're going to talk about different kind of technology trends in the industry that you guys are seeing and how you guys are trying to capitalize on that, I guess. But maybe to start with, you know, as head of market technology, why don't you talk a little bit about what your job entails? I think the job is uh, about bringing Nasdaq's capabilities and technology to external users in the market. So uh, technology, but also know-how to help marketplaces thrive in the world. Okay. So you can actually read all about it in the September 2018 issue. Shadowly written by James Rundle. Shadowly but, written know, by I mean. James Rundle. But listen, we can't all be wizards exactly, today, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so, Lars, it's been a pretty busy time for you guys, I think, over the last sort of uh, at least six months, if not longer. Um, obviously, you've signed a number of deals with various people. Um, you've acquired a couple of companies. What have some of the highlights been for you, I guess? Um, Signing this is always the highlight. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> From a commercial perspective, it's the best thing. Right? <laughs> no, we have had a good year in 18. Mm-hmm. Signed a, a number of deals, uh, uh, so it's progressing well, the business in general. And of course, acquisitions. You, I, I think you refer to the Sinobre acquisition sure. that we, yeah. that we uh, finalized here in, in January. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. It's a great uh, company. Uh, a lot of very skilled technical people that uh, fits very well into our yep. uh, capabilities uh, structure. Uh, good complementary technology yep. into our portfolio. So it's um, I'm very excited to have them on board, and I think we will grow together in and help our clients in an even better way. And also another Stockholm-based company as well, right? It, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's Stockholm, London, and, and actually a small city of Umeå in the north of Sweden, okay. which is an exciting part of the business as it uh, also includes collaboration with the Technical University out in, in the town. So, right. so, but it will, it will be uh, mainly a Swedish growth. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll come back to that a bit later. Um, for now, last week you released your third annual Tech Trends report. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of good stuff in there, uh, talking about a wide range of technologies uh, from artificial intelligence and data through to blockchain, through to cloud. Um, why don't you summarize some of the, the key findings for us, I guess? I mean, it, it's, it, if you compare to last year's report, it's not mm-hmm. revolutionary. It's really about continue on the trends we saw from last year. And, I, and personally, I think there are a couple that, that excites me most. One is the cloud mm-hmm. and how the progress of cloud how the adaptation and the acceptance level of, of using cloud in solutions across our whole industry and all other industries too, by the way, is being embraced and leveraged. And, and we focus a lot on it. And uh, as you know, we are also transforming our former enterprise software business into a software as a service business. And in that aspect, the cloud will be a fundamental technology component in being able to provide our solutions capabilities to our clients in, in a service manner. Yeah. So that is an exciting development. Can, can I just jump in? Sorry. Uh, so just so our audience knows better, is when you talk about the cloud and how you guys are using it, is it private internally built cloud or are you leveraging AWS, Google or Microsoft? Uh, uh, we definitely try to use public cloud as far as possible. Mm-hmm. We work with all the major cloud providers. Uh, we have a tight relationship with them. Okay. So uh, definitely we think uh, building private cloud is good, but can you leverage public clouds to get much more value out of these investments? Very good. Sorry, um, please continue then. Sorry. 
the, the, oh. I don't know where I was. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I threw you off. You, you talked about cloud and uh, maybe some of the other uh, tech developments that uh, James yeah. had mentioned before. No, there's a cloud exciting. I think also the maturity, maturity of blockchain, mm -hmm. where the hype has started to, to settle, and now we come into, we're going to see real uh, business use of blockchain technology or DLT technology in 2019, so that's exciting. Uh, and thirdly, of course, what everybody talks about today is artificial intelligence, machine intelligence, uh, which is, uh, is has the capability to fundamentally change how we work and what we do. I thought a really interesting point in the report actually was um, the way that you guys didn't necessarily single out individual technologies, but you talked about how powerful they are in combination with each yeah. other. So using AI with you know alternative data, for instance, um, you know maybe can you sort of elaborate on how the combination of these technologies will will help power? Yeah, things? obviously AI or machine intelligence will not work without adequate data. Sure. Yeah. So the whole idea of being able to structure, to consolidate data, structure the data, be able to to enable the data in a format that then can be leveraged. AI that is core in, in our development and what we focus on with NFF and you've seen investments in in, in Quandle and other areas where we uh, data is essential for us yeah. so of course it comes all together and and, and 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 the investments from the cloud providers providing blockchain technology or, or even as we also mentioned in this report a quantum technology will be mainly leveraging cloud and not be on prem implementations in the future so they are all entangled with each other absolutely yeah and on the blockchain um, point, you said you know a lot of projects are coming towards maturity now, um, and this is really the year that I think people start to see some real sort of forward progress and implementation as well. You, you know, we've been covering blockchain for many years, um, and everyone always says that this year is the year of implementation. Yeah. But uh, I think you're right in this instance. Like, I mean, you know, you are starting to see some firms like Calistone with its funds network, obviously finding a use case for it. Um, maybe sort of people like Cobalt less so on the FX side. Um, for Nasdaq, you know what? What do you guys see as, as kind of the future for, for blockchain and distributed ledger for you guys? Where do you see kind of use cases and implementation? Yeah, first of all, for me, DLT or blockchain is, is a technology. So mm -hmm. It's not a solution, sure. uh, but it's a technology that enables us to solve uh, things in a different manner. But I really believe that where we see the first use of, of this technology will be where you automate uh, in areas where it, it has not yet been automated mm -hmm. or, or using technology in a good manner. So, for instance, we are engaged in a project in the Nordics around mutual funds yep. where it has been very much uh, handled manually or with fax machines, etc., telephone, and where we now can issue the funds and uh, trade them and also uh, payments in the blockchain over time. Mm -hmm. So I think that type of solutions is where we'll see blockchain enabled first. You know, for me, because, you know, I'm a bit down on blockchain. I, you know, for me, I, I kind of fall into the. It's more of a you know just a fancy kind of a, of a kind of database. But I'm not a technologist, so my opinion doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, can you tell me a little bit about? Because it would sound like from what you're saying is there was so much hype and this everybody was saying blockchain is going to solve every kind of problem. T plus two settlement for equities. You know, um, you know it's going to cure. It's, it's literally, literally people you know kind of passing that around. Um, it sounds like what you're saying is that really it's a technology that as long as you have a targeted use case for it, then it can be effective. It can be useful. Do you think that some of the hype around it kind of let that kind of carriage get ahead of the horse or whatever that statement is? I don't know whatever that idiom is. No, but. I, I agree. And, and, and I, I actually look at it, if you remember the 3G in the telecom industry, sure. everybody said 3G, 3G, and there was huge investments in 3G. And then no one understands, oh, so what are we going to use it for? We need a killer app, we need a killer app. And there was no killer app. And now, 
no one would even think of the idea of not having 3G, 4G, or now 5G coming. Yeah. So it, it, it is the same cycle of C blockchain. So I definitely think it's a very valid technology. It brings certain capabilities that you don't have in a normal centralized database, and it will find its way into re the right use cases. Yeah. And Lars, if you're interested, uh, just posted today on uh, Waters Technology a deep dive into the 5G and what it might mean for capital markets. <laughs> it's, it's there if you want to read it. I'm just saying. All right, great. Um, so uh, I guess um, moving on from the market trends, and um, is that report publicly available? I think it is, right? Yes, it's based it on your yes, website. We'll link to it. Um, when we put this episode up tomorrow, uh, today being Thursday, tomorrow being Friday, um, always forget about that. But um, let's come back to some of the strategic acquisitions you guys have made. Um, obviously, you guys bought Quandle, but we were talking about Cinnabar earlier. Obviously, a lot of um, similarities between you guys. But what does Cinnabar really bring to the table for Nasdaq that uh, you guys didn't have before? Would you say? I think uh, if I'm arrogant, I would say not so much. Yeah. But I'm not arrogant, so there's a lot, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You see, no, as I said in the beginning, it's extremely skilled people, yeah. technical people that know our industry, uh, fits perfect, like hand in glove with our own capabilities and, and our people. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so they will be very easy to integrate into our organization and come in with very with high level of skill. Yeah, and the technology they have will be complementary. It's not. It's not revolutionary different from what we do, mm -hmm. but we, we, it will be complementary to our portfolio, so we will make sure that we leverage the, the, the technologies they have. But it won't, it, it's not the, one of those strategic pivot deals. Mm. This is scale, this is about being able to consolidate knowledge into one company, so we will be even stronger when we when we deliver to clients new solutions and, and, and projects. So, so it's, it's more of a scale. Sure, yeah. And I guess, um, you know, looking ahead for the rest of the year, what would you consider to be kind of your priorities from a market technology perspective? Uh, I'm sure you followed our history. I know you have. So, yeah. so the Nasdaq financial framework uh, pro that we are building, the platform that we're building, and the transition from an enterprise software provider to a software as a service, and further on, a platform as a service and a, and a, and a managed solution provider, 2019 is the year when, when I will uh, I will expect us to start to see us delivering true solutions, fully leveraging the SaaS capabilities. Yeah. So if 2018 was still in a build-out phase of building the platform, the NFF, this year will be when we will come out with true full-fledged SaaS solutions leveraging the NFF technology. So yeah. that, that's the, the, the focus we have. Having said that, we will have a long list of, of clients that we will bring with us and we're not going to abandon any in this journey. <laughs> so this will be a journey where we bring our current clients and new clients with us. Excellent. Just uh, to, to jump back just a little bit about the acquisitions, I thought that the Quandle acquisition was uh, very interesting um, just because of the alternative data space mm -hmm. and how much it's really, really growing and expanding and the, the hunger for, you know, bringing in new data sets that previously weren't available. Can you talk a little bit about the thinking behind that acquisition? And But just beyond that, do you see there being greater consolidation going forward? Was this kind of the first step? Because it would seem almost you know, kind of like the universe just keeps on expanding. At some point, there will have to be some sort of kind of contraction, I would imagine. So do you think that 2019 might yield some of that kind of consolidation and Quandle was just kind of the first kind of chip to fall there? 
that's a lot of tricky questions. First of all, uh, Quarnel was acquired by a data division, so so some of the thinking of the, the drivers behind it, you, you should talk to my my dear friend uh, Bjorn Sibren. Uh, sure. mm-hmm. that. But from from market technology perspective, this whole trend of of being able to leverage your own data, create new uh, assets, new uh, goal data, reference data that you can uh, provide uh, as new f- services to your clients. Adding to that, using not only your own data but but external data sources, that is definitely the future. And 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 again, I come back to the Nasdaq Financial Future Framework because the whole uh, one of the key components of this is is to make sure that you can manage data in an efficient manner. When you can do that, when you can get the data from all your different applications in house and also add external data it will enable you to provide new, more value to your clients. And, and, and Quantum fits perfectly into that whole vision mm-hmm. of where we're heading. Uh, and, and that can enable us to provide more intelligent information to buy side and also sell side. Yep. For me, uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting in that report was the quantum computing piece. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's still a ways away, right? That, that there's progress being made by IBM, by Google. Um, there are a lot of partnerships happening in the industry right now um, where banks like JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, a, a few others, UBS, that they're experimenting with some of these larger providers. Why did you include that? Why was that included um, on the list, being that it is so far down the road, even though it will you know, vastly change the way that uh, that data is delivered and things like that. You know, why was that included on the list? I think we, we included it for, for several reasons. One is a defensive one, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm afraid that some of the people that we start to use quantum is not the one we want to use it. Mm-hmm. So from an infosec reason and from, from that yeah. reason, you need to be aware and you need to really look into it to make sure that you, you quantum protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So you need to be there, even if it's, it's it maybe some of the application would be far out in time. Uh, the other one is, is also, again, coming back to the whole idea of client, etc. Because uh, the guessing is that quantum computing will not be for everybody to buy and, and run in-house. Yeah. So it will be provided... You'll license like through an like IBM, like through a cloud, Microsoft, yeah, something like, like that, Google. Provision. Yeah. So if you start to think about that whole process, you need to be ready to work that way with your processes and how your relationship with the vendor is. Uh, then, then it will be much easier to embrace cloud when it's really there, because it will not be sorry quantum yeah. when it's when it's uh, really there. Is it, can you tell me a little bit about how is it just internal discussions that you have, just kind of theoretically thinking about how some of the aspects around security, encryption, things like that, um, around data delivery, things like that, or are you actually partnering with one of the major? Uh, players in the quantum space to to just do kind of use case tests, you know, and just just to get a feel for no, it. No, we, we definitely in practical work with with the quantum uh, quantum uh, uh, providers mm-hmm. as well as universities. Okay. So so it's more than just uh, just talking about it internally. We we, we physically we work with it with R and D division. Okay. But, it's, but it is still R and D. Yeah. Okay. And I guess you know. We kind of got through the report here. The one last thing I wanted to hit on is in the AI space. AI is much like the alternative data space. It, it gets thrown around. Terms get thrown around. You know, things like deep learning gets used interchangeably with machine learning, even though there's it's a form of machine learning. For you, 
in the AI space, what are some of the specific techniques, whether it's deep learning, whether it's something like natural language processing, um, you know, uh, new f- other forms of machine learning or AR, VR, or robotics. For you, what's the most exciting uh, new trends that you're seeing in the AI space that you think will yield truly, uh, that that will yield new uh, avenues in 2019, 2020 going ahead? I will give you a political answer because I think it's not one of those (laughs) those aspects because we work with several of those already. If I take one area which is really close to my own, uh, it's it's the surveillance space, for instance. Mm -hmm. There we use behavior analytics to look into the buy side, how you can surveil the buy side from from having problems with the trading behavior. And that is looking more on, on how the individual... Uh, portfolio manager, etc. How they behave if they're making different, uh, different uh, strange uh, actings instead of, of the normal behavior. Sure. So that's one aspect we already work on. Another one is looking for, is is in the uh, smart surveillance, which is really down to the transaction side of the business, where we look at and, and that's more machine learning, where we learn over time on how to value the alerts, etc. So yeah. I, I actually have difficult to say that. This will be more exciting than that because we see particular use. You're hedging your bets. Yeah, but everywhere. We also look at natural language. Yeah. It's, it's very important in, in, if you go into the whole area of financial investigation unit uh, work that everybody have to do, where you look at um, at uh, the context. You need to understand the context, not only search words into to to uh, things that could be fraudulent, but actually understand by content, is it really worth to continue the investigation or not? Yeah. So, so I think it, it's very hard for us to say this is going to be more exciting than that. So yeah. it, it's, the spectrum is there. Okay. And then, uh, Lars Young, we always like to just get a little bit of feel for the individual themselves. You're based out of Copenhagen, yes? No. No. Stockholm. Ah. Stockholm. Ah. Stockholm. I should have listened. We got a whole discussion about it's, Stockholm syndrome. Oh, earlier, yes, on. I know. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good research on my... I should have read James's uh, profile. Damn it. <laughs> I edited it three times. Yo, what do you want out of me? Um, Stockholm. Give us a little bit. Give our listeners who maybe haven't been over there. What are kind of some of your favorite things to do around there? Any kind of travel t- tips that you might have so, for the people? Uh, one thing, if you ever go to Stockholm, there's one thing you need to do. And yep. that is in the summer, you need to take the boat and go out in the archipelago of Stockholm. It's absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, is it kind of like a tour thing or? No, you go to different islands. There's more than 20,000 islands. Okay. In Stockholm. 20,000, really? 20,000. And, and there's summer houses, restaurants and everything all mm. over the place. And it's just a fantastic experience. And, and, and everybody loves it. Yeah. Do you have a particular place outside of uh, just anywhere, Europe, Asia, wherever, that you like to travel just to get away when you go on vacation? Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> vacation. What's a vacation? He's too busy making deals. Like, come on. Like. When you're dealing with things like quantum AI, you know, there's not room for vacation. No, I, I like uh, Tokyo. But Tokyo. I don't go there on vacation. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's not work. On vacation, I have a, I, I actually enjoy Spain. Uh, no. uh, like all other Swedes. Yeah, yes. not bad. Not yeah, bad most Europeans generally yeah. enjoy Spain. <laughs> all right. Great stuff. Right. Well, listen, Lars, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. Really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. And uh, best of luck for the rest of the year, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, thanks, guys.